Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, and welcome. Nope. <laughs> I said that whenever <laughs> I try and do the show with another person, it always fucks up right from the beginning. All right, look, this is episode 160 of Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last, and we're doing Beyond Synth answering machine this week. And joining me is uh, the hoo-ha, Mike Mendoza. I'm very excited about this uh, episode. Because I don't know what the voicemail machine is. What, what is this? Basically, people just sent in voice questions. Voice questions or like comments or... Um, I think one of them is a comment. I think Lou Rinaldi just had some stuff to say. <laughs> Get it off your chest line. Yeah, although I don't know if the premise is I haven't heard these yet and I'm supposed to pretend like I haven't pre-listened to them. <laughs> There's a chipmunk in my kitchen. Actively? Like right now? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. Why, Felicia? I, I was... <laughs> I was in the basement, and I heard this sort of scurrying around. I'm like, is there fucking squirrels in the walls? I'm at my dad's. And I walk up the stairs, and then there's just a chipmunk in the kitchen, just on the floor. (laughs) And he's just kind of... I'm like, all right. Like, I don't know what to do, really. So I just sort of tried to get him to walk out the door. And he did go outside, and then it turned out, you know, where the screen door was, like, even though it was, like, such a thin opening. I don't quite understand the mass of, like, chipmunks, you know, and small rodents, like mice and moles and things. Because they look a certain size, but then they can, like, squeeze into, like, the tiniest places. And so I can't tell if all that mass is just hair or whether or not those animals' bones are, like, rubber and they can just do whatever they want. Well, one, I think it's exactly that. It's just mostly fur that you're looking at. Like, owls... They're basically like a chest skeleton on top of two long legs. <laughs> but they look like a big ball of feathery fluff. Yeah, that's true. I wonder, do they look funny when they're wet? Maybe. I don't know. Listen, secondly, why is the chipmunk in your kitchen? This is what I want to know. Like, did you have some snacks out? Well, I was trying to start a band. <laughs> I needed uh, three chipmunks, and uh, and then one of them showed up. I got him a little drum kit. So how did that work? Did you send out an email to the chipmunk Facebook group? Does one of the chipmunks play drums? No, I think they all sing. I don't know. I think the girls were instruments. The chipettes. What are the chipettes? They're the female counterparts. I think they're the ones who play the drums and the guitars and stuff. I could be all wrong about this. There's a whole movie about it. You mean the chipmunks are just a fucking acapella group? Yeah, basically. <laughs> they're not a band. They're not like the Partridge family. We- <laughs> I love that that's like example one of a band. When I think of bands, the first thing that comes to mind is the Partridge family. Oh, goodness. I'm talking about... I'm going to kill you. Listen. I hate you. I want to listen to a song, okay? Okay. And then we'll get the show started here. So here's a cool one from Dimmy K from the album Dangerous. And this track is called Greyhounds. <laughs> I'll allow it. All right.
And that was Greyhounds with the track, nope, that was Dimmy K with the track Greyhounds from the album Dangerous. That is Dimmy K. Are you sure it's not Dimmy Kai? Um, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I guess every single one of your song things is like, and this is by Johnson Jack. Am I saying that right? Is it Jonesson? Is it Gene Soon? <laughs> I never know what to do. <laughs> Are you trying to say that there's some sort of formula to what I do? Wait, Are you trying to you trying wait. to break me down? Are you trying to imply that saying artist names incorrectly is part of your formula? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My manager suggested I do more of that because it makes me more endearing. Yeah, it grounds you to reality. Yeah, he's just like, man, we, we had enough of this fucking pompous radio DJ bullshit. So when you say their names, say them wrong on purpose so that you sound like a, an everyday layman. Layman? Layman. Lamo. Slamo. Listen, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. The King of the Pattersons this week was Mr. Chris Williams, the King of Cyber Services. Chris Williams exists in the Matrix. And, uh, and then there's Pattern Shift. I'll play another Pattern Shift song in a little bit, but don't forget to check out uh, Pattern Shift Bandcamp uh, and listen to the cool tunes. And then with the 4488, it's Mr. Jacob Wick who is a cool guy. So this guy donates 4488. Is that because he's from the year 4488? I believe originally it had something to do with the year. So he is from the future. You know what? In a way, he's a civil engineer. So in many ways, he's building things for the future infrastructure. All right. I don't know if he does infrastructure. <laughs> I just wanted to say that word. What if he's a traffic engineer? I've always wanted to get into that somehow. If I was a real, real nerd. I like the flows of traffic and red lights and timings and the signals. Do you like games where that happens? Yeah, I'm a real big SimCity-holic. Have you played uh, City Skylines? No, that's... Is that more casual? I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. Is that like a more casual SimCity? When people sort of thought that SimCity kind of started to go downhill or people were all upset about Part 4, I think at that around that point, City Skylines came along as like the first sort of like real competition. Because you know there have been like other city-building games, but SimCity was always like just more of a game. It's kind of like right. Grand Theft Auto, like there's other open world city games, but Grand Theft Auto is always like the best one. But City Skylines is like the one that a lot of people prefer it to SimCity, like they think it's a better game. They, the government. <laughs> the government men. <laughs> I don't want to get the platforms. I'm not going to talk about them. Speaking of games, mm -hmm. I don't have a PS4, but I really want to get one because I'm excited about this Spider-Man thing. Yeah, man, that game looks wicked. It looks like how I have dreams of being Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Mm -hmm. While I watched the video, I was like, oh, this is like the next lower step down from being Spider-Man. This game looks so fucking cool. The next lower step down? Yeah, like if you were <laughs> Spider-Man, you know, what's the next step? I guess okay. virtual reality. <laughs> That's the next lower step. It's just an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> the next lower step down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stay a step below, because I guess it is. If you're not Spider-Man, there's nothing cooler than that, right? What a conversation. What's your favorite superhero? Batman. Batman and Spider-Man. Th th those two. Cool. Great. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great. Okay. Uh, okay, speaking of Batman, I was Googling Andy last... <laughs> 
Don't ask why. Does something happen? I have no web presence. I don't think Googling me will do anything. Well, I don't know what came up, but there's this guy who wrote an ebook like how to make a sustainable brand, how to succeed in business. I was like, is that Andy? Like, dude, dude, dude. secretly like making money off of his uh, social and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> off of my fucking my inept business skills. No, <laughs> I um I've been mistaken for that person on Twitter. So there have been a few times where people have like linked me with like what an interesting article but I, they link me instead of the Andy Lass that wrote the article and so like I went there and, and it was just like business jargon well what you should do on beyondsynth.com is have an affiliate link to his Amazon book that way you can make money when people buy the Andy Lass book I briefly <laughs> looked at affiliate links not that it matters because like 10 people watch the things I do but I don't know that Canadians can do that as easily as Americans can I think it's one of those things where like in Canada it's like oh the affiliate system's different here like and it's not the same that's interesting yeah <laughs> the hell what's happening hi i just wanted to call in leave you a little message and say you are the best and i bought your book like 10 copies of it just wanted to say hey i love you mr uh, js from cleveland bye mm. i want to <laughs> listen to another song all right and then we'll uh we'll keep talking about this all right well actually we won't we'll change subjects the next track is from pattern shift from the album for evocations and i played a little sample of this one last week but but this time i'm just gonna play the whole song this is euphoric effects by pattern shift
That was Pattern Shifts with the track Euphoric Effects. And you can check out Pattern Shift, uh, patternshift.bandcamp.com. Go check out his tunes, man. It's cool. And also don't forget to check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube. Jared uh, does cool stuff with old video game systems. He mods them and does neat things. And he's been a good sponsor to Beyond Synth. So go check out his video page on YouTube. That's Retro Revolutions if you like seeing people take apart old video game systems and solder things to stuff. And then you can also find him on Twitter at Retro Faith Games and on Instagram at Retro underscore Revolutions. I think you'll like it. And I'm back here with Mike. We're just uh, doing sort of a free-for-all episode. Mike Mendoza. Do you like Pez dispensers? I don't like Pez the candy. What? Tastes like soap. Tastes like soap. Tastes like shit. I will give you that. It is very, very cheap candy. Yeah, it's garbage. I like it. I love it. There's got to be people out there. Hey, guys, in the chat room, make sure to tell us what flavor Pez you like. <laughs> Does it matter what flavor it is? It all tastes like soap. <laughs> yeah, you can taste. I can taste the difference between pineapple and raspberry. I don't know why Pez has to be so bad. <laughs> I don't know the logic behind it. Like, is it just because all the money goes into the plastic of the toy that, like, the rest of it just has to be, like, recompiled, like, soap shavings? It's possible. Are you a Pez family? Do you, like, get Pezes? No. I mean, I think, like, once in my life I might have bought, like, a novelty Darth Vader one, but, like, I don't give a shit about Pez, no. I'm not too keen on novelty candies where there's a barrier to the candy. Where it's like the whole thing is you're really buying like a little like it's a plastic baseball but like fucking gum shavings come out the bottom like it's like just get gum then like I, I don't need this and plus you pay like extra because the you know oh I love the gimmicks you gotta have the gimmicks no you gotta have the candy the candy is the important thing listen listen that strawberry from my Yoda Pez all right well to simulate that over here I'll just take a bite into my USB stick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's delicious, and it doesn't taste like soap? Pez, go get it. No, Pez tastes like shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I have to say about Pez. They will not be a sponsor uh, of this program. Yes. So don't say Legos. (laughs) Don't say Legos. Why did I say it like that? Mm. Here's my impression of a gay snake. You sound suspiciously like that guy that called in earlier. Who, JS from Cleveland? Mm -hmm. I know, he's kind of (laughs) cool. What do you collect? Like, what would you randomly purchase to add to your collection? Uh, S&M gear. Oh, brother. Moving on. <laughs> um, no, I... <laughs> Don't ever do that laugh again. Edit that one out. <laughs> Christ. No, I'm keeping it. <laughs> no. <laughs> listen, I'll tell you what I collect after we listen to a song. Do you want to play a song? I like playing songs. Play me one. I got it. Bitch. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, here's me, Hoo-Ha, your host of Today's Beyond Sin. It's Brochure by Duet.
And that was Brochure by Duet. Oh, you want to come in? Is that what's happening? That's what's going on? Hey, shh. Hold on. I'm the host. I have to do my duties. And <laughs> this track was brought to you by Pez. You like him, don't you? No one ever doesn't. Pez. That track from Duet's great. Uh, Duet just sent me the album, and I would have played one on this episode had you not. But I was taking apart electronics in the basement. That was around the time where I found the damn chipmunk. And this album was playing, and I was just like, Jesus, this album's fucking smooth as shit. Like, it is just fucking smooth. So I'm telling everybody now, if you need an album to make love to, pick up Duet, the album Cycles. This is an album with which to aid the sex. And I don't know if that's why he made it, but it definitely seems that way. Did you say aid the sex? Yeah, to aid it, to help. It cut out, and I thought you said aid the steaks. (laughs) (laughs) You know when you're outside grilling some delicious steaks? That's my new euphemism for sex. Let's go fucking aid the steaks, baby. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, And that was, listen, that was brought to you by my lovely uh, Patreon supporters. In the $25 club, it's Mr. Clint Dowling, Mr. Christian James, Mike Shima, Mr. Mike Shima. I guess we're all misters today. Mr. Joey and Kendra. I guess she's Mrs. Kendra. Mr. Joey and Mrs. Kendra. Mr. Gregorio Franco. And Mr. Chris Dance. All cool people in my book. And if you want to join them and help supporting Beyond Synth, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. You know where else they should go? Spotify and listen to Hoo-Ha's Jingles. Tell everybody how privately you always get mad at me because I forget to mention that. I message you often because you're always like, and this jingle and that jingle and this one show's over. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I also <laughs> do my own podcast and I've been doing it for like over a year now, <laughs> branding it alongside your show. And together we are a programming lineup. I haven't heard you say that shit one time on this thing. I think I'm going to cancel our contract. Well, that would involve me remembering what your show is called. Oh, that's right. I hate this the worst that you never know when it's on. Hey, is your show on? Let me call in. Oh, yeah, I have like 60 seconds left. Good job, Andy. Well, hey, man, but look, we have a good time. That's what I like about you. Yeah, we have a good time. Real, (laughs) real good. (laughs) Hey, man, I want to go to the answering machine, the Beyond Synth answering machine. That's sort of the premise of this show. Uh, We don't have a jingle for it, so we'll just play the mailbag jingle or the mail sack jingle written by Mike Mendoza. Ow! So this isn't quite a mail sack. It's more like an answering sack. (laughs) Voicemail sack. Yeah, so let's go listen to the first uh, message here. Hi, Andy Last. Adam Force here. My question today is... I just had a quick thought. Uh, Yesterday, smashed my hand into a refrigerator door. I'm wondering what the best synthwave song to listen to when in serious pain would be. And I think a lot of other listeners would like to know as well. So, yes, that's my question. Thank you, Andy. 
All right, Adam Force. So obviously we feel for you because he smashed his hand into a refrigerator. Yikes. Yeah, man. And he wants to know what's a, a good synthwave song to listen to when you're in pain. That depends on what you do when you're in pain. Do you want to listen to a song that reflects the pain that you're in? So are you the kind of person who is sad and then goes and listens to Radiohead because it's sad and you want to be doubly sad? Or do you want music to alleviate your pain to get you out of it, which is uh, an important question. Have you ever slammed your hand into something, Mike? Yeah, and when I slam my hand into something, as I often do, I reach for an ice pack. So that's why my brain wanted to figure out a synthwave song with, like, the word ice in it. Well, I can tell you there is a synthwave track by Occam's Laser called Pain. So there's that you can listen to. So that would that be like a celebration track? Yeah, it hurts! Well, I don't know, because in the, in the track there's just sort of a guy reading, like, the dictionary definition of pain at the start. So if that comforts you while you're sore, remember one time I was getting in the car when I was a kid and my brother like slammed the door closed, but like I wasn't fully in the car yet. And so like my head hit the thing. And that's why I'm a fucking idiot today. What ha- like, no, your, your head hit what? The car. Like I was in between the, the car door. So when he closed the car door, like at the top, like my head like banged against the, you know, like the car in the back of the door. Okay. Like what you would do if you wanted to hurt somebody. Well, I, I was going to say like, this is like some bullet tooth Tony shit where he's like <laughs> slamming his little brother's head into the car door. That's rough. I don't think it was an accident, man. Um, hey, there's a track by Mecha Mako called Cold featuring Dana Jean Phoenix. So you could play that song to like create an atmosphere of cooling as an ice pack would do. I was thinking of uh, I know an old retro song it's a guy named Fancy <laughs> I think I've shown you this video the song is called Lady of Ice and maybe if you played Lady of Ice and danced the way he does in the music video it'll circulate your blood while the Lady of Ice haunts around you and cools you off She's a ghostly presence, I guess. I don't know. Why is it a ghost? (laughs) (laughs) There are no ghosts in that song, but apparently I want ghosts to be. It's just because you like the movie Ghost? I love the movie Ghost. The grumpy old guy ghost? He's like, get off my train! Oh, no, he's a fucking (laughs) Vincent Schiavelli, man. That dude is amazing. I love that guy. (laughs) The sound effect for every time the ghost can conjure up physical force to touch something with? Oh, yeah. That sound effect... It's fucking great. I love it. Now that I'm getting kind of bored of, I don't know, like new movies or there's something about them that I'm not quite getting into as much. And there's a lot of movies now, like from the 80s that I used to think were cheesy or like, you know, early 90s, 80s that I, I thought were cheesy. But then when I go back and revisit them, I'm kind of like, you know what? I kind of like this. And Ghost is one of those. I always thought Ghost was kind of cheesy, but I kind of liked some of it. Like I like when those cartoon fucking dudes come and pull people to hell or wherever. But then when I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, hey, this movie's okay. Hey, it's not bad. Well, I mean, I always think about the context whenever Ghost 
Ghost came out, it was big, you know? Mm-hmm. The culture that, at the time, it was accepting of a movie that could be like that. Well, yeah, that's why we always have, you know, our conversations, because you love all those stupid 90s movies, and it's funny, because I just think, like, those were the blockbusters of the time. Like, now the blockbusters of now are, like, $300 billion, like, there's, like, 80 movie stars playing superheroes, like, in all of them, but yet there was a time when a blockbuster would just be, like, fucking Outbreak or something, you know, stuff like that. Like, that was a big deal, and it's just a fucking stupid virus movie. Like, there's no lasers, robots. Or, like, the Harrison Ford Tom Clancy movies. The Jack Ryan movies, Clear and Peasant Danger, and Patriot Games. Yeah. Those are big money makers back then, but any Jack Ryan thing that gets put out now doesn't do as well. I don't think the audience cares anymore. All I remember is just the trailers for half these things. Were there just less movies and so we were inundated with the trailers more or something? Because fucking Get Off My Plane is like still in my head and I don't even think I've watched that movie all the way through. Oh my god, it's a great movie. It's got Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel (laughs) Zorg. I love that that's how we're going to remember Gary Oldman. (laughs) I do love that character, though. Hey, I want to listen to another song. Hurry up. (laughs) Here's a track by Digital Shades. So this is like a new collaboration with the one dude who's the writer for The New Division and the guy from Missing Words. Uh, I think they joined up and made a thing. Oh, I'm so bored. Be more specific about everything you say. This guy from that kitchen and this other girl from the... I'll check my email here so I can see the message he sent me. (laughs) Hody there, he says. I think he meant to say howdy, but forgot the W. (laughs) It's just H-O-D-Y. Yeah. I like it. Hody there, Andy. Not sure if you would be interested, but John Kunkel Main, writer for The New Division, and myself, writer for Missing Words Music, released a new single a couple days ago, and I was wondering if you'd like the track, if you could feature it on your podcast. If not, that's cool. Keep up the great work. Well, I will play it because it's good. And here it is. It's called Digital Shades is the name. I think the the album is on Spotify now. I think it's called Moonraker. But the song we're going to play is called Blue by Digital Shades. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
And that was Blue by Digital Shades. And uh, you can go check that out. Remember, all the links for all the artists I feature are in the More Info section. If you're on SoundCloud or if you're on YouTube when I post the show later on, just click on More Info, man. All the links you need are there. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. There's Action Jackson. These are the people in the $15 Club. Action Jackson, Ken Giroux, and Hampus ML, and Chatterack with the 14 95. It's like Beyond Synth is some sort of a product. Well, you know, since you're saying that, because I keep forgetting to mention him, I've got Action Jackson as a patient on my fan, so thank you. I know he's listening to your show. Do you think he just mistakenly gave you money? <laughs> I hope so. That's a fun story to sell. 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 I'm going to write a book about it. Look, let's go back to the answering machine. Hey, Lou Rinaldi here. With a quick tip for all you synthwave motherfuckers. So there's been a lot of drama going on lately and nonsense, and I think there's a pretty easy way to kind of cut down on some of that. And it's two parts, really. If you're giving somebody feedback on their music, make sure that you're framing it in a way that's constructive, that's making it clear that you're trying to help them out, not criticizing, you know, not trying to take anything away from them. And if you're on the receiving end of that feedback, just assume best intent. Assume good intentions. You know, don't immediately be on the defensive if you hear something that you don't like. I think those are a couple things that can be done, you know, easily to try to make things a little bit smoother for everybody. Peace. All right. Thanks, Lou Rinaldi. For calling in. So basically, Lou Lou had some stuff to say, and it was important stuff. So he says, you know, in regards to some synth drama that's going on, people out there, hey, maybe when you're talking to an artist, uh, maybe be more constructive in your criticisms. And if you're an artist, maybe assume that people want the best for you instead of immediately getting defensive. I think this is pretty much the, the thesis of Lou's call. What do you think about that? I don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> you know Lou Rinaldi. Lou. He rides a bike. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. No, no, he runs. He's my PR he guy. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't ride a bike at all. <laughs> He's my PR guy. Hi, Lou. What is it? So who's he talking about? Iron Skullet, probably? The point is, Lou isn't here to start shit. He's here to end it. Yeah, so Lou, why don't you go fuck yourself? Because <laughs> he can't defend himself right now. <laughs> the point is... I love you, Lou. Yeah, Lou had a very important thought, so he got off his bike when he was in the middle of his bike run, and what he's saying is important here, because I think some people are too quick to think they're being attacked, and on the on the flip side of it, if you're just going to go and be like, hey, your track sucks or whatever, and you're not really providing any any substantive, substantive, subst- substantive, Lou said it better than I just did. Important. I just wanted to call in and um, just, just give my little counterpoint to Lou Rinaldi. Lou, who do you think you are? This is me, JS from Cleveland. You can come see me. I'll, I'll argue with you face to face. I'm brave. Listen, if someone wants to poo-poo on someone else's track, let them. And if someone wants to act like a baby about it, well, let them. Anyway, I gotta go. Bye. I love your show, Andy. That guy loves my show. He does love your show, man. That's the only takeaway I got from this. Whenever people say nice things, I guess that's uh, that also falls into Lou Rinaldi's point. You see, because you feel good when people say nice things about you, just like that idiot on the phone who was like, you know, he says a nice thing, and that is a guy, right? Who? JS from Cle? Yeah, he's a guy. I'm gonna listen to a song now from Beckett. I like Beckett. 
is my boy. Beckett's got a new album coming out. Ashley Keegan sent this to me for some reason. I don't know. All these people now, they have these like people sending me stuff and I'm like, are you their representative? I never understand what's happening. But the point is this. She was like, hey, this is probably the song you're going to like. She was right. Although actually the whole album is good. But I'm going to play this one anyways because it's a good track by Beckett. This track is called Get to Know You and it's cool.
right, that was Beckett with the track Get to Know You. And I think that album comes out soon, like very soon. Personal shout out to Beckett. Mad love. Yeah, Beckett's cool. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. With the 1111, it's the immortal Chris Celia Lane. With the 11, it's Adam Force. Hey, we just read his question. And also with the 11, it's Sebastian Ante. And in the $10 club, it's Mr. Fraser Davidson. And Rachel Buchelman. Wait a second. It looks like Rachel Buchelman has upgraded her support. <laughs> Wait a second, Rachel, are you like in a competition with your sister? Is that what's happening? Here's what, hey, Sarah, Sarah Buchelman, donate me like two grand and then see if your sister, because of her competitive spirit, matches you. This would have worked if you would have said like two more dollars. Oh, I said, did I go too high? Yeah, this really would have worked because the other one would have did two bucks and the other one would have went up four bucks and then you really could have had something. But no, we got a jokey, jokey, joke. I'm Andy Lass. This is how I laugh now. Ha, 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 ha. I should point out because uh, is Adam Force is a new donor. So thanks, Adam Force, for being a new donor to Beyond Synth. You're cool. So that's important that everyone knows that. I should have probably acknowledged that originally. But the point is, man, you're a cool guy. And of course, there's Tristan Waits. Wait, it looks like Tristan Waits has upgraded his support. Thanks, Tristan Waits. You're a really cool guy. Maybe that'll be my new thing. Really cool. <laughs> that's one of the tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you're in the $10 club, you're really cool. And joining you, of course, is Sarah Buchelman. I like these Buchelman sisters because they are very cool people, man. So hi, hi. I think they're twins. Are you guys twins? Maybe one of you should donate two grand. I feel like it's that thing with the magic of twins, you know, like where you punch one and then the other one like gets hurt. Is that true? Does that happen? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Do you know any twins? Yeah. Yeah? You punch a lot of twins? I am a twin. Are you? Yeah. I feel bad for your stupid brother. Yeah, I do too, because I keep punching the shit out of him. (laughs) And then you get hurt? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're connected like twins are. You know, that like psychic force that connects all twins. Yeah, I do know that force. It's called the force. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't have any twins, by the way. All you losers who believed me. You believe something that someone else told you? All right, look, let's go back to the mail sack here. Here's one from uh, Joe Ozone. You want me to play it to you? Mail sack. Hey, Andy, this is Joe from over at the Ozone Nightmare, and here's my question. Two-parter. We're in the middle of, I mean, we're still at the height, actually, I shouldn't say middle, of sequels and remakes and prequels and revivals, all this stuff. So the question is, uh, what TV series would you want to see revived in some way, either as a prequel or a direct continuation, or even at the time, if you wish there was one more season when the show was on the air? So not necessarily like a 30-year-later revival, but that you wished had gotten one more season. For example, there's a great British science fiction series that I love called Blake 7, which had a very abrupt final season. I know some people like that. I always wish we'd gotten one more season. Same question extends out to movies. A movie that never had a sequel or a prequel that you would like to have seen either a sequel around the time it was made or to see it revisited sort of what they did with Blade Runner now. Thank you for taking my call. I'll take my answer off the air. I wish there was a live-action version of Batman Beyond. But does that count? I feel like that can count. Like, it counts in the sense that I really wanted to see more of the show. And I've always wanted a live-action version, so that's my answer. Joe. 
I would like to see Quantum Leap remade. I would like to see... Oh, you know what else? Okay, I have Amazon Prime for the package deliveries, but that means I also get the streaming service, and it's mostly trash. I don't understand what you have to do to get your stuff on Amazon Prime, but I'm fairly certain you probably just have to fill out a form or something, because like they host the weirdest garbage. But they put on Street Hawk. Have you ever seen Street Hawk? Mm-hmm. So you get to watch Street Hawk? Because that's awesome. Because I never knew about Street Hawk when I was a kid. And so I love watching Street Hawk now with this whole, with the synthwave scene existing because Street Hawk is like, like, you know, sometimes people will make fun of things from the 80s or get tropes, but they're actually pulling the tropes from different places. It's like, oh, we'll do the talking car like Knight Rider and we'll do the, the this like fucking uh, Mission Impossible and we'll do this. You know, like they're, they're taking from different places. Yeah. What I love is that Street Hawk is like, 100% the thing that people parodied. Like, it's got everything. It's got the synth wave. It's got the synth score. Tangerine Dream does the theme song. It's called Street Hawk. It has the opening narration with a guy explaining the story. It has one of those title sequences where everybody turns around and smiles and their name is written in, like, white at the bottom. And he's got his secret partner who's the only one who knows his identity. Like, it, it's perfect. It literally does all of those things people make fun of, but it's actually real and it's in that show. This is Jesse Mock, an ex-motorcycle cop injured in the line of duty. Now a police troubleshooter. He's been recruited for a top-secret government mission to ride Street Hawk, an all-terrain attack motorcycle designed to fight urban crime, capable of incredible speeds up to 300 miles an hour and immense firepower. Only one man, federal agent Norman Tuttle, knows Jesse Mock's true identity. The man, the machine, Street Hawk. And it's actually like it's fun to watch because it's just pure 80s, the stuff that Synthwave is inspired by. Like it's it's exactly that. And the score is great, even though I, I don't think Tangerine Dream like scores the show. Like I feel like Tangerine Dream like wrote five or six electronic tracks that they just sort of play. Like I don't know that they're necessarily scored to the picture. I could be wrong. Well, that brings up like when people do 80s retro stuff, it becomes a big joke, like a big pastiche. And it's like, ha, wasn't this stupid? Wasn't isn't this cheesy? Ha ha ha. Like, I want to see some solid homage to a thing without all the making fun of it. Oh, me too, man. Like, if they remade Street Hawk, like, I would do it just as it was. A lot of people will pastiche the 80s, but they're doing just the visual. I mean, I probably said this a billion times on the show, but what I love about the 80s is that nothing's ironic. And so they just did stuff at face value and that's why I like it. So you watch these ideas and there's nothing meta about it. It's literally just guy who fucking rides around on a futuristic motorbike called Street Hawk. Like, there's no joke. There's no like, hey, what are you friends with, Knight Rider? <laughs> like, it's just a dumb show. And Nowadays, like, I feel like that whenever people do the 80s pastiche thing, it's all about the look you got to have a character with a mullet and someone with like wide-shouldered fucking jacket on with the sleeves rolled up and stuff and but it's like that's not the whole deal the the actual thing was that people were approaching the projects with sincerity even if the idea was so fucking stupid you know what i think was a weird concept that they are rebooting uh magnum pi like it's actiony and they've got hunky Tom Selleck with his mustache but then like every single episode there's like an emotional after school moment that's like well you know I think you just have to learn how to treat yourself better and then maybe you could treat other people better you know and I'm like what is this (laughs) every episode has some sort of sentimental message and I'm like is this really what this show was and will the network that's doing the new one try to capture some of that part or is it going to be like just a flashy modern action show named Magnum like lethal weapon in this case 
I don't understand why it's Magnum P.I. Because the cast is all like switched up and it's like a lady instead of the dude and all this other things. And it's like, honestly, if the show is just, hey, he's like a war vet that comes home and is a private detective. Why is it Magnum P.I. then? Like, give it a different name. Like, I I don't understand. And I know it's kind of lazy, but I think it's always a good idea to include elements from the previous version have a character cameo for an episode have a plot arc that they used to do back in the day come back up instead of ghostbusters the new movie 2016 they had uh the original ghostbusters appear as cameos of weird different characters Mm -hmm. just have them show up as the fucking ghostbusters that'll make the whole thing a lot easier to believe yeah it would have erased a lot of the problems people had as well because i i mean i know obviously there's you know all the silliness surrounding that film and i I didn't care for the movie, but it was like why it didn't take place in the Ghostbuster universe like that would have solved problems because even if people had a problem with the cast, which I think that was blown out of proportion. But like you could have just said, yeah, like in the sequel, maybe the other ones will play a bigger part or whatever. Like you'd have something to look forward to. But when they were just there and like the cameos that the original Ghostbusters had, like were kind of not fun cameos, you know, it's just kind of like, why is they even like it? I don't know. Stuff like that bugs me. Especially when you have an idea like that, because there's no reason to reboot it. Like, that's the thing. Like, when there's no reason for the reboot... Yeah, the universe is solid already. But uh, look, I want to listen to another song, and then... Actually, we'll keep talking about this, because my, my brain is working. Let's do my second song. All right. Let's get to my song. It's so right that it's wrong. Ow! It is Cleve Morris. I like his uh, name because there's two E's and two R's. I don't know, something about the way the double letters work in my mind. I like his track. It's called Our Future. Came out this past Sunday. Cleve Morris.
right, and that was Cleve Morris. That was Mike's second pick of the week. Tell him what it was called, Mike. It was called Our Future. Our Future by Cleve Morris. And that's a cool track. And that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Patreon supporters. There's Monkey Magics, Emilio Estevez, Andrew Benson, C. Thomas Howell, Robert Wolf, Kimson Games, Lucas Ceballos, Justin Armour, The Patch Bay, and Blake Peterson. All cool people in my book and uh yeah we're just here i'm talking to mike we're taking we're pressing play on the beyond synth answering machine this week joe ozone just called and he was um asking about remakes and stuff well by the way i want to shout out your patron fraser anderson is that his name fraser davidson davidson every time you say it i want to do my impression i'm like niles dad daphne ross eddie that's just my fraser impression impression Fraser impression. So uh, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say... What about a Mrs. Doubtfire 2? No one needs that. Where the kids grow up and they have their own fucking mental problems for the ordeal they went through. <laughs> the I would say I would remake Quantum Leap because I think that when I go back and watch Quantum Leap, I love the concept, but I find the show when I watch it now kind of slow, sort of boring. Yeah. But I like the idea. Like the idea, like every week you're, you're warping into a different body and you have to do something good for that person before you can leave or whatever but I think that idea could be taken like I would like to see the science fiction aspect of that idea explored more because Quantum Leap pretty much just ended up being like period piece dramas most of the time and really like the only sci-fi bit was the fact that he had a hologram best friend and that they would teleport at the beginning and the end of the show like I know they did a few episodes where they would go back to the home planet but like they never really explored in depth like the sci-fi aspect like what the future world was like like in detail I feel like in Quantum Leap, I think they went to the future like once or twice and Sam could have stayed, but then the hologram was trapped and so he had to get into the warp machine again to save him and then he got fucking... Oh, I know what you want. You want Sam to go to the year 22-something and it's all outrun and then you want him to just stay there for five seasons because that's what you want. No, I just want I want the science fiction aspect. Remember there was an evil leaper, like there was a chick who went in the machine and then she was bad and she'd try and fuck with Sam. There's one... Was it Sam? Yeah. What was the hologram's name? Bacula. (laughs) Yeah, we we got it. So anyways, look, I'd remake that show. (laughs) I would love a version of Knight Rider, like a remake that is actually cool, because I know they've tried to do it like a few times, but the last one was kind of cheesy. Like, I didn't... I didn't like it. Like, it felt like one of those cheap, like, CW shows. Like, it just cheap. Like, I would love that idea, but cool. Like, actually take it serious. Well, I think that's what I was trying to say about Batman Beyond. Like, if they were going to do live action, I feel like it would end up as one of those really shitty CW shows. And I don't want to see it fall into those hands. So that's why, like, my pick was, like, I want to see a really, really cool live action, maybe, like, two and a half hour long movie of Batman Beyond. That would be so badass. Yeah, Batman Beyond is cool. I was actually watching clips of it for some reason. Oh, yeah, because they've... uh, they officially announced I mean I did this months ago but then they finally said they're releasing the animated series on Blu-ray oh my god I need that yeah that's exciting I love that show and I think they're also including the movies in the set as well so like Mask of the Phantasm will be like just in the set so that's super cool and so maybe they'll do that for because Batman Beyond was only like one season wasn't it mm-hmm, I think like me too and it had that soundtrack with like the electric guitars wasn't that part of it Meow, meow. <laughs> All right, no, nope, no. Meow, nope. meow, meow. That'll do, pig. Let's listen to. Speaking of guitars, man. You don't farmer hog at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, look, here's a, a cool track. I don't know. Who, I think the label sent this to me, but uh, this is someone called Steiglitz, which sounds kind of German, but maybe that means something. This song's fucking cool, man. This is Steiglitz for the love of the living dead. And that was For the Love of the Living Dead by Steiglitz. 
and that's a cool track, man. I dig that. And uh, that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Martin Larby, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, Trevor Resnick, Poly Digital, Elias Garnier, Playmaker Media, Ashley Keegan, Greg Smith, and fucking Slunks. Luck and funks. Actually, we just uh, saw Ashley Keegan there. Let's listen to her question because she called the Beyonce dancing machine. Hi, Andy. Ashley here. I thought I'd send a couple of questions your way. And yes, there is two. First one is, what was the worst thing your mother caught you doing as a child? And the second would be, if you were to take any five people alive today, other than your family, to dinner... Who would it be and why? Thank you. So we'll do the first part first. What is the worst thing your mother ever caught you doing when you were a child? Now, I know what she's baiting us to say. Yeah, do you know what she's baiting us to say? Yes, but I'm going to tell you right now. None of my parents have ever walked in and caught me wanking. So if that is what you were leading with, Ashley, it never happened. And to be honest with you, I don't think my mother really caught me doing anything. My parents were divorced, like, when I was a kid and I lived with my dad. Like, my brother and I lived with my dad. So... I don't really have that kind of relationship with my mom. Like, she was kind of not really around too often, so, like, I wasn't really in the position for her to be, like, catching me doing things. So what about what's the worst thing your father ever caught you doing? Jerking off. No, uh... <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> my dad's an eccentric man, and, and he's keeps himself very busy with just all of his projects. Like, he's always got, like, 50 things on the go. So when I was a kid, we were pretty much just left to our own devices, just like the Look A Set album. <laughs> I never really got into trouble like that. Well, one time in middle school, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this question. One time in middle school, I was caught shoplifting. I was stealing candy because I like to do crime. Wait, but did your mom catch you? No, she didn't catch me. But like I left, the guy caught me and he grabbed my shirt and he stretched it out. And I was like, man. And then I went to the library where we usually waited for our parents <laughs> to pick us you up. Could, you could steal City Hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I was, man. Somehow she got wind of it and she was like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. And she drags me back in the store and makes me apologize to the guy. Nice. And I was like, oh, uh, this is just the worst. <laughs> and then I went on to do even more crime. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> I think it's like it's a rite of passage being caught shoplifting, I think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so Ashley Keegan's second question was, if there was five people that you could take to dinner who are alive right now, who would they be and why? Besides your family. Why would I take my family? I would clone myself five times. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and each clone would be a clone of the last clone, so they'd end up stupider and stupider, like in Multiplicity. Now, that'd be a fun movie to remake. I remember when Multiplicity first came out, like, they made a big deal about the special effects, but that movie felt very green screeny to me. I haven't watched it lately, clips of it, but I remember it feeling like you could tell he was green screened to, like, be multiplied. Yeah. I think even Andy McDowell, a lot of her reactions were like, what? Because this is stupid. <laughs> like, not even her character. I think, like, in, she was just like, what am I doing in this movie? <laughs> well, it makes sense. Um, five people who were alive that I would take to dinner. I guess it's like a famous people. You know, I'm a big Doctor Who fan, so I would take some Doctor Who people. Tom Baker, who is the fourth Doctor with the long scarf and the curly hair. He's the best. He's still alive. He's an old man, so I would rush to take him to dinner. Who else would I take to dinner? He'd be an interesting dude. He's an interesting guy. Maybe some music people? Alan Ruck. <laughs> <laughs> you and Alan Ruck. <laughs> Although he does seem like a nice guy. Yeah. I always liked, um, what's his face? 
The Close Talker, Seinfeld, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Why is my the guy who's jerking off about Phoebe Cates in Fast Times? Why am I blanking on his name? Judge Reinhold. I, Judge I Reinhold. shouldn't have said it because I really enjoy listening to you try to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked Judge Reinhold. He seems like a friendly guy. Yeah, or he's got a friendly face. So if he turns out to be like a big prick, he plays Neil in the Santa Claus. Didn't we talk about this once? Maybe. So who who else? Uh, who are some? It's a weird question because there's like there's so many different ways you can go with it. And speaking of Doctor Who, I would remake Sliders. <laughs> Sliders and also cast Jerry O'Connell. Not for action. I would I would have him play like an older mentor who stays at the. Maybe he's crippled like Batman. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Batman Beyond. Every show you want to remake, you just run it through the <laughs> Batman Beyond fucking formula. So I want to remake uh, Knight Rider and the car is in a wheelchair. <laughs> I want to remake Murphy Brown and uh, Miles is in a wheelchair. They are doing that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Isn't that a CBS show? I don't care if it's CBS. I'm a I'm against CBS. I'm against uh, Murphy Brown. I don't know <laughs> anyone who cares about Murphy Brown. Does anyone care about that show? I think JS from Cleveland likes that show. Kelsey Grammer said he's open to a Frasier reboot. Oh, I'm so open for that too. That's my show. I love it. That's my show that I'm watching right now. People watch it because they think it's pretentious, but it's making fun of the pretentious yuppies. <laughs> Uh, okay, so just picks a bunch of people real quick. I would pick the guy who was the creative director behind Go because I'd like to talk to him about Go the video game, the N64 video game Go starring Pierce Brosnan, 007, because I'd, I'd have a bunch of questions about the making of the game. Maybe I'd get some Mortal Kombat people in there. Maybe like Ed Boon and Tobias just to talk about, because I love that franchise. I'd like to sit down and talk about... I would about- get Pete Postlewaite just to have him say the line from Usual Suspects, Mr. Kobayashi. That'll be worth it. You're just going to have him say that whole thing like over and over again at dinner? <laughs> I like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton would be a fun guy, I think. This would be like a weird dinner. Should I have dinner with like a smart person? Like no, someone don't do that because that would get annoying. If someone said like Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah, I'd be like, you're an idiot. You don't want to have dinner with that guy. He's probably the worst. How about you? Do you have another... Uh... Who do I like? <laughs> Martin Short. I was super bad want to hang out with Martin Short. And on that note, I think let's get to my last music pick. <laughs> what, do you have to go now? I do. You know, there's another question that actually involves you. What? What is it? Can we quickly wrap it up and turn it into a lightning round? Yeah, sort of. Listen, how about this? Before you go, I'm gonna, listen, I'm going to listen to a track, and then we're going to come back and play one more message, because this one actually references you. Is that cool? Okay. Let's do it. Here we go. This is a track by Johnny Rehab. This track is called Escape Plan.
And that was Escape Plan by Johnny Rehab. And I'm here with Mike Mendoza right now. We're listening to The Answering Machine. I should say that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Patreons, Will Lowe, Colin Bennett, and Knight of Ducks. And with the $8, it's Asidre. And with the triple seven, it's the Rosconian and Skywolf and Hugh Jones with the 669. And uh, thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. If you would like to join them, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Now, let's listen to this message because you just told me you have to go. Yeah, let's make it a lightning round. All right, so here we go. I'll play you the question now. Andy, it's your boy, the retro future Ronin. So here's my question for you. More of a scenario. You're now involved in a cannonball run race across the great white north of Canada. And the vehicles that you have are any of the 1980s celebrity vehicles. Think Knight Rider, the Back to the Future DeLorean, the Ecto-1, even the Green Goblin truck from Maximum Overdrive. And your competitors for this are La Cassette, who are Dan Terminus, and let's go with Dana Jean Phoenix, just to throw in, uh, throw in a little variety here. So, which vehicle do you choose and why? And which vehicles do you think your competitors will choose and why? And who do you think will win and why? Uh, that's all I got for you, sir. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll talk to you later. I like this guy's New York accent. Yeah, he's... <laughs> you used to live in New York. Did everyone sound like that to you? That's what I experienced every day. I talk like this. Everyone I meet's like, Bonjour! 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 <laughs> we're all New Yorkers, and we talk just like this. All right, so the point is, we're in a cannonball run race. We get to pick a 1980s celebrity car of some kind, and in the race, you're one of the people in the race, along with Lucaset and Dan Terminus and Dana Jean Phoenix. I don't know, it was the weirdest <laughs> collection of racers uh, he's picked. So it's like a synthwave wacky races. Yeah, I guess. So what, what vehicle would you pick? I want Cameron Fry's Ferrari. The California GT something. It's so choice. Okay, then I would pick... Am I allowed to pick a Transformer? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it's a vehicle. And you can ride it. Like Hot Rod, right? You can, yeah. You rode Hot Rod. I think I would just take... Um, Hot Rod. <laughs> well, no, I would probably ride in fucking Optimus, man. Like, I want to just get to the end of the race. Yeah, you could probably make it, too, with all the obstacles I assume there will be. Yeah, and plus, like, Optimus Prime can just fly. That's one of the things I loved about the old Transformers, that they turn into cars, but they could also just get up and fly as themselves. <laughs> You know, and then, like, the bad guys would be, like, transforming into planes. Because I remember, like, when Transformers started, like, that was the thing. was, like, the bad guys are planes and the good guys are trucks and cars. But they can all fly. So, you know, like, there's lots of shots in Transformers where they're full-on just Superman flying through the sky with no wings or anything. I love that show. So, look, I would be... I'm going to drive in uh, Optimus Prime in truck form. And uh, hoo-ha. So that's what you picked. I guess fucking Lucas said he'd drive in a fucking clown car because he's a clown. <laughs> Dan Terminus, what would he drive? Some kind of drag? No, he's a motorbike guy. What's a, what's a, well, he'll be Streethawk. He'll be Streethawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah Streethawk. Perfect. And Dana Jean, some, some. Something kind. small and silvery and like small. You know what I mean? I mean, RC, the Transformer, she turns into like a bike. You're going to give her a Transformer too. We can't think of anything else. You know what? Dana Jean Phoenix is going to be the van from uh, Teen Wolf with Styles doing the handstand surfing up top. All right, cool. So who's going to win? Me. All right. Yeah, you win. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can also fly. Perfect. 
hey man, we did a lot of good work today. Do you want to play me your? Uh, <laughs> do you want to play me your last song? Yeah, man. I guess this episode wouldn't be a hoo ha party without some hoo ha jams. And speaking of which, I remixed Taylor Swift, but I can't play the Taylor Swift with the vocals on your show. I don't want to mess up your copyright thing. So let's listen to the instrumental of her blank space, the hoo ha's sorta outrun remix. <laughs>
And that was moi with the blank space who has sort of outrun remix. It's hard to say. <laughs> Maybe I'll turn it to an acronym. W-H-S-O-R. So people can go check that out on Bandcamp, right? Because I feel like that song will get me striked off fucking SoundCloud, and I don't want to have that be a thing. And that, of course... Uh, oh, yeah. I was trying to upload it, and it, it got deleted. <laughs> Listen, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, and we're going to go to the donation of the beast. Here's a jingle that you wrote. This is the donation of the beast. All right, these are all the people who donate six dollars and sixty-six cents. I love it. And you're listening to some cool hoo-ha music in the background, which you can check out on Spotify, and you can listen to all the jingles that hoo-ha has written for this show. Isn't that right? That's right. And I also host Vox Popula, the podcast, a show that always airs before Andy's on Power eighty five as part of our Totally Tubular Thursdays lineup. Ow! Just like when I mention N64 game Goldeneye, I'm also going to bleep out anytime you say the name of your podcast. <laughs> well, a lo- at least my song got played. I'll take that. Uh, the bottom line is this. The donation of the Beast Guys, man. There's Tomas Shimanek, Alexandro Samaras, Luke BTD, Ross Pentland, Moose Nux, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, Orlando, Rodriguez, Naif, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm, Love Machines from Ix. I said Love Machines. Love Machines from Ix. And Renton Brax. And rounding out... Rounding it out with the 617, it's Polar Wildcat Studios. Don't forget, you can go to beyondsynth.com and click on the donate button to help support this show. So, do you have anything cool planned? Where are you going right now? Why do you have to leave? I'm going to dinner. My girlfriend's father is in town, and this the last day we're going to see him. So, they're already there, and we're trying to get there. Does he, like, disprove of you? <laughs> no. We, yes, yes, he will hate me. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Just for improv's sake, I shouldn't have said no. Is that the relationship you have, like where you show up? He's like, remember uh, in Friends? You remember like Ra- uh, Rachel's dad? You know, he didn't like Ross, and Ross would always be like all bumbling around him because Ross an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So is it like that? Who Elliot Gould? No, Elliot Gould was the Geller dad. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you're saying. <laughs> it's a Friends reference. Oh my God! Shut up! I gotta go. All right, man. Look, it was nice talking to you. Have a lovely day, and uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with me this week, man. You're a cool guy. Thanks for letting me host the whole show with you. Hmm. Well, there's probably still going to be another 20 minutes, but uh, that's okay. That's where I'm going to badmouth you for the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, just badmouth me and say all my links. All right, man. Have fun at dinner. All right. Well, you get the hell out of here. I'm going to say bye. Wait, what? Okay, well, toodaloo. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Mike Mendoza, a.k.a. The Hoo-Ha. And uh, I still have a few more songs to play and patrons to shout out to. So I'm going to do that now. But listen, I want to thank you all for listening. Why why am I saying goodbye? There's still... (laughs) There's still some show left, and I think there's another call uh, that we should uh, listen to. So how about this? Although I feel like I just played a song like two minutes ago, didn't I? Okay, how about this? I'm going to listen to this uh, this message here. I think this is the last message, right? Because Adam Forrest called, and Ashley Keegan called, and Joe Ozone, and Lou Rinaldi. Oh, here's a call from Moonrunner83. 
Hey, Andy, it's Chad with Moonrunner83 here, man. Look, I'm looking to hang out this weekend on the couch, you know, maybe just do a little chilling with a couple cats and a couple boxes of craft dinner, maybe in my underwear. Uh, I'm just curious, man, what do you think are the top three synthwave movie soundtracks of all time? Love the show, man. Keep it up. Man, you're nuts. That's a big question. I love how, like, your question only took, like, two seconds to ask, but it's going to require the most effort thinking about the best synthwave scores in movies. I'm assuming you mean just electronic scores? Because when you say synthwave, that sort of implies, like, a new soundtrack, because synthwave as a genre itself is relatively new. But I'm going to say just electronic movie scores. Oh, let's see. What are some easy ones? Well, Blade Runner is an easy one. That's easy. Uh, I I dig the soundtrack to Blade Runner. That's all synths. I love... I think my favorite song is just the, the track they play right at the credits. Blade Runner End Titles. Yeah, that track's wicked. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say Drive, and I know Drive is one of the big reasons why the synthwave scene even exists. So many people were inspired by the movie Drive. But that's a weird one, because the soundtrack itself is pretty mellow. It's mostly just kind of synth pads and stuff that uh, Cliff Martinez uh, made. Like, it's a cool score. Like, I actually really like writing to it, because it's easy to write to. It's not uh, very invasive. But really, when we think of Drive, we're thinking of the, you know, the Kavinsky song, and the title sequence that's written with that scribbly font like in pink or like the handwriting font and and real human being so those are the two things that i think we think oh yeah you know the drive is so 80s but really like the score itself isn't super 80s but it's still like it's cool uh, what about a clockwork orange man wendy carlos I think she was Walter Carlos at the time. I don't fully know the whole story of Wendy Carlos. Was she a dude? Anyway, you know they did all the... There's that one track in A Clockwork Orange where everything's going crazy that I used to love. And that's old. That's like, but that mostly has like a synth score, that one. Of course, you know, I love the Scarface score. Scarface is one of my favorites. There's also a cool track I think Giorgio Moroder also did for that movie Cat People, which I don't think I've ever watched Cat People, but I've had some of the songs from the the score. And there's, I think there's a track called Paul's Theme that I like.
And it's definitely in the same vein as like some of the stuff from Scarface. Uh, that was a uh, Giorgio Moroder. What else, man? What are some other cool ones? I mean, I really do love the Daft Punk score for Tron Legacy. I think that score is wicked. I know that's probably like another like cliche answer, but I think that score is really cool. Uh, it makes me happy. Also, the Terminator. I love the music in the Terminator, man. Especially the the police station track. I love that, man. And of course, the Terminator theme song is fucking fantastic. And of course, Tangerine Dream. I remember Risky Business. And uh, of course, Legend. You know, I love Legend and I love the unicorn theme from Legend. That's one of my faves, which is short for favorites. And the fucking Beverly Hills Cop song, like the Axel F track, is one of the best. So yeah, there's some fucking things for you. Lots of wicked scores out there. But how about this? Let's uh, listen to another track, and then maybe we'll uh, wind the show down. I mean, I still have a lot of Patreons to thank. Uh, Listen, this guy just got in contact with me, and I dig his stuff. This is Willie Baxter with the track Another Life. Thank you. 
And that was Another Life by Willie Baxter. And that's cool. He's making some cool pop music over there, man. I might uh, play a few more tracks from him. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. With the 520, it's Tim Brawl. And in the $5 Club, it's Darman Gisezeling, Christian Micklebust, Brian Busher, Andrew Scott Herndon, Talis, Josh Riley, Mads Baron Christensen, Kyle Droll, Pipdig, Erasmus, Deep, Mikey C, David Andrews, The Englishman in Texas, and Andrew Tukaz. Just follow your nose. Now that's Toucan. Toucan Sam. Today was a sort of, I whipped this episode together rather quickly because I'm still not in my studio and I had a proper show planned, but I wasn't going to have time to edit it. And I didn't want to disappoint you people with, well, I guess, <laughs> let's just say, I didn't want to disappoint you, Buzz, so I've delivered an episode that is, well, hey man, we had fun today. I don't need to justify things to you. Maybe I do. Seeing as like a lot of you actually donate to the show, maybe I do need to justify myself. You're like shareholders, but I have a lot of fun stuff planned for the next few weeks, so it should be good. And once I get back to my studio, uh, once the school year starts, because you know I got kids, so I sometimes base my schedule around like everybody else's schedule, but I have a lot of uh, interviews planned for the fall, so... It should be a a good time, man. I'm looking forward to it. How about this? We'll listen to one more song. And of course, I want to thank everyone for tuning in because it's cool. We got a fun, fun. I keep saying, I'm the worst. (laughs) Where's stupid Mike when you need him? He goes away to dinner. I was like, I need to whip together a show real fast. So get on Skype and, uh, and help me out. And then he goes away and I feel like I'm all alone now. But look, here is a cool track from Ace Buchanan. From the album Magenta Nights, and this is a cool track. This is Breakout by Ace Buchanan.
And that was Ace Buchanan with the track Breakout. And that was brought to you by my lovely $5 Pattersons. There's Sergio Matai, Binkley, Sven Bomanis, Christopher Albert, Daniel Dexius, Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, Damian Rudies, Lee McConnell, Zychorax, Marco Krenendonk, Corey Valentine, Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, Barons of Santa Carla, Dana Jean Phoenix. What did we decide vehicle she was going to drive? Oh yeah, the Teen Wolf van. And then uh, Stu M, Night Raptor, Simon Norberg, Matthew Lister, Bobby B, Roman, Joe Ozone. Oh, and Gus, Gus sent me a message. Gus says, hey Andy, I meant to send you this message ages ago. He's in the $5 club and the way you say my name... Gus, it should sound more like Velichek. Also, when my business plans work out and I make a killing, I promise I will become your angel investor. Until the millions are not following in, you can always count on my $5 donation. Keep up the good work. You are the best. From Gus. Well, thanks, Gus. You're cool. You keep up the good work, and you're the best. So... I'm going to say your name correctly now. It's Gus Velichek. And I should probably know that because I'm a Canadian. And that sounds like a hockey name. Even though I don't watch hockey. But whenever I hear people talk about it, like on the radio, it's always all these sort of like European sounding names. And I feel like Velichek is a total hockey player name. Do you play hockey, Gus? Are you a fan of the hockey? So look, everyone, we haven't done this in a while. Let's end on a track. Oh, yeah. And Kai, thank you for donating to Beyond Synth. Yeah, let's end on a song. You know, I feel like it's one of those weeks I want to end on a song. So Fractal Man sent me his new EP, and it's good stuff. I wish Fractal Man would get more social media, because I think whenever I include his tracks in the show, he never finds out, because he only has, like, a SoundCloud and a Bandcamp. I guess I could email him and let him know. Ah, man, it's more work for me. Anyways, this, uh, this album's good. It actually flowed nicely from when I was listening to Duet, because this was music I was sent this month as well, and so it went from Duet into this Fractal Man EP, and, I, and it, almost, it flowed very, very nicely. Uh, not that it matters, but uh, you should go check it out. It's Fractal Man. Uh, this album is the glow of all things, and uh, the track is called Sunrise Sunset. So look, thank you all for listening to Beyond Synth. Uh, you're all very cool, and I thank you for supporting the show and for listening to the show, and I hope you have a lovely weekend do what must be done all right and tune in next time to beyond synth the best synth wave chat show there is unless i'm doing a chiptune special in which case it's the best chiptune chat show there is or maybe it's just the best synth music chat show there is who knows all that matters to me is that the music is cool and that you guys are cooler i'll talk to you next time on beyond synth and now i'm gonna leave you with fractal man with the track sunrise Sunset. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.